0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's podcast where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're in HIV researcher, Nancy Archin's lab, talking about HIV research and World AIDS Day. As an assistant professor of medicine and an HIV researcher, you've been spending years focusing on this virus, trying to find treatments and cures for it. Let's start out today by asking the basic question of what is HIV?
1: HIV is, a, as you know, is it's it's immunodeficiency causing virus. Basically, what it does, it infects your CD4 T cells, and over time, these CD4 T cells, which are your immune cells, uh, a component of your immune cells, which protect you from diseases, eventually. Because the virus is infecting these cells, these cells are eventually depleted, so you end up with less and less of these cells to protect you from other infections. So that once these cells are depleted, for instance, if you end up with the flu, the flu could potentially kill you because you no longer have these cells around to defend you against other infections. Then you become susceptible to a wide range of infection, and that's why once these cells, your immune cells are depleted, and you develop AIDS, then you would eventually die from opportunistic infections.
0: The treatments for HIV have come a long way in the past several decades. So what's it like to be a patient with HIV now? What's that life like? Right now, a
1: person could potentially live pretty normal life with a relatively normal life and long life. Um, we have people who have been on antiretroviral therapy for upward um, 25 years and uh, could potentially live till they're in their 70s or even lo- older. And I guess we're going to find that out soon as these people are aging. This first group of um, patients or people who were infected back in the 80s who are still alive, now we're going to find out, you know, the antiretroviral therapy that they are on, how long they can live.
0: As a researcher, is it your goal to make HIV more manageable for patients? Or are you really looking for the cure for this virus? I would say it's a
1: combination, probably make their life more comfortable. I know there's a lot of stigma attached with being infected with HIV, even in this age. And to people who are infected that I've spoken with, um, a lot of them have a desire to be cured, to know that they don't have the virus in them. And at the same time, a lot of people, too, are also interested that to be able not to have to take antiretroviral therapy, a pill every single day, to have, you know, a couple of years perhaps where they don't have to worry about taking their medicine and knowing that they're not gonna have, they're not gonna progress to AIDS or the virus is not gonna come back and cause problems, that they could have a couple of years where they could be off therapy for a while.
0: You just mentioned how there's still a stigma towards people who have HIV or AIDS. How important is it to just talk about HIV and AIDS as opposed to shoving it underneath the rug? How useful is that to defeating the stigma? I think it's
1: very important. Sadly, you know, we still get at least 40,000 new cases every year of new HIV infection every, every year. And while perhaps in the Western world the disease is a bit more manageable in, you know, places like Africa, for instance, sub-Saharan Africa, it's still um, decimating a lot of the population, so it's very important that we talk about it.
0: Carolina researchers have been working hard for decades to find a cure for HIV, and one of the most recent ways we've been doing it is with a partnership with GSK and the HIV Cure Center. As a member of that center and someone who works in that partnership, how beneficial has this partnership with GSK been towards this ultimate goal of finding a cure?
1: I think with the uh, Q Center and a partnership with GSK has certainly given us a lot more tools to work with, more equipments, funding, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of broadened the horizon a bit in terms of the tools and the people we can work with. And the tools also comes with the humans who are here from GSK that we can interact with and learn from.
0: So are we making progress towards this goal of finding a cure for HIV?
1: Absolutely. I feel like we know quite a bit more about latency than we did, say, 12 years ago. We also probably are better funded to study cure research. 12 years ago, there were very few researchers doing cure research. Right now, there are lots more people doing cure research, and we can learn more from each other. So yes, there has been a huge difference between uh, 12 years ago and now.
0: So what are some of these challenges or hurdles that are keeping us from finding a cure for this virus?
1: There are many challenges to a cure to um, HIV infection. Probably the major challenge, as of course you know, is the ability of the virus to enter latency and that be detected. By the immune system or be susceptible to uh, the current drugs we have available, so that's the predominant challenge to curing HIV infection. And the second big challenge, I think, is the fact that now as we learn more and more about latency, we are finding perhaps The methods by which latency is maintained, for instance with homeostatic proliferation where the cells that have the latent virus can proliferate and be maintained over time, that would make it very challenging to curing HIV infection.
0: In the past, how have researchers been taking on this issue of latency?
1: in the past initially it was thought that especially with the antiretroviral therapy of the drugs it was thought that if we keep giving people drugs perhaps by just giving them drugs we could they could eventually be cured but now we know that's not the case that it would take based on studies done by our laboratory and also the siliconal laboratory we know that given the half-life of the of the latent cells, it would take greater than 72 years to cure a person just by the drugs alone.
0: And now in your lab, you're using this method called kick and kill to really take on this issue of latency. So what is this method of kick and kill? The kick and kill
1: approach is something actually we, we did not invent the kick and kill approach. Um, It's something that's been around for a while, so basically the idea is use drugs to make the virus come out of latency so that it could be recognized by the immune system so that the cell is now visible to the immune system and it could be cleared by the immune system or you could augment the immune system to help clear that virus.
0: I remember a few years ago there was this method called shock and kill. Is that the same thing as the kick and kill?
1: Yeah, and again, it's just one of the ideas proposed to clear HIV infection. There are lots of other ideas. There's the lock and block idea, for instance, where, for instance, you would prevent a cells with a, a cell with a latent virus in it from ever reactivating and producing virus.
0: So what are some of the benefits of this kick and kill approach?
1: I would say the idea that Perhaps by teasing out at the virus, you could eventually get rid of enough of those latently infected cells where a person could live a life without needing therapy, needing to be on antiretroviral therapy, even if it's, it may not be indefinitely, but it could give the person a window to um, live without having to be on therapy.
0: So what's the next step in this research? What's the next thing that we need to do to get another step closer to a cure?
1: Moving forward, it's looking more and more that to achieve a cure in HIV infection where perhaps a person could permanently be off uh, antiretroviral therapy will require uh, lots of different approaches, lots of combinations. Perhaps in addition to the kick and kill approach, for instance, perhaps we could also introduce the lock and block where we would reactivate what we can reactivate and make sure those cells, we get rid of those cells that have the latent virus. But whatever other cells that cannot be reactivated for whatever reason, we could use a different approach to make sure that those cells never come out of latency. And also we are learning that it will probably require more than one type of drug to reactivate, latent HIV, because HIV is a multifactorio. Different pathways regulate HIV latency, so we are looking at different drug combinations and also looking at ways to boost the immune system to make it better at killing the infected cell once it's reactivated.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast today, and don't forget to check back to unc.edu next week for another episode of Well Said, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Android apps.